0: We're thankful for it, and we pray, the Lord's blessings upon it. All right, y'all, take your Bibles and turn with me to the Book of Luke. Luke, the I mean John, the third chapter, not Luke, John, the third chapter. Let's all stand as we honor God's Word by standing, and uh, we're going to read to you beginning in John three familiar verses here, beginning in verse fourteen. And John 3 says, but whosoever, um, I'm on John 4, let me go back to John 3. He says in John 3 he says, there was a man of the Pharisees, John 3 verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now remember this man was a, he was a teacher of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with them. And Jesus' answer to that was, And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now let's jump down to the 14th verse. And he says, Jesus says here to Nicodemus further, he said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And here's a key verse here, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have Everlasting life. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for the time we have together. Lord, I pray as we venture into this subject today that you'll, that you'll help us and Lord, that you'll bless us in it. And if there's any here that doesn't know you and the free pardon of sin, Lord, we pray that that soul will be saved today and that soul will come to know what it means to be a child of the King. Our Lord go with us and take care of us for it's in Jesus name I pray amen thank you, you may be seated <clears throat> the way into eternal life you know um, just just thinking about it just how many ways are taught today that a person can enter into eternal life you You'd you be totally, uh, surprised how many ways are taught out there. I mean, there are just bunches of them. It's amazing. I see people putting things on Facebook that it just, it only mentions half of the, half of what it means to become a child of God. It doesn't mention everything it means to become a child of God. And I'm gonna say this and this has been said on facebook by some of the people that put some of this these things on facebook but it, but it has been said but not by very many you know jesus said back up there in the uh, in in the uh fourth verse i believe it was or the third verse he told nicodemus verily verily i say unto thee except a man be born again he cannot See the kingdom of God. Now I don't, I don't care how many church aisles you've walked. I don't care how many prayers you've prayed. Uh, you know, if all you've done is just pray what they call the sinner's prayer and, and somebody tell you you're saved, uh, you're not saved till you're born again. And you have no control over that. No one has any control over that. That's why Nicodemus, who was a teacher of the Jews, He was a man who, who taught the Jews the scriptures and, uh, but yet he did not know what it meant to be born again. So Nicodemus would say under, under the, uh, under the, uh, umbrella that I'm a teacher of the Jews and I'm okay. You know, and and that, and, and that's what I see today. Just because somebody mentions religion, Or just because somebody may be a pastor of some organization out there, uh, everybody thinks they're okay. You know, um, I've got a book in my library that says, uh, uh, it talks about uh, how that a lot of church people are going to enter into eternal life and not be saved. Is somebody wrote a whole book on that. And, and that's something, that's something to really be thoughtful about. To think about. What it means. What it means to be born again. That's important. So that's the only way into eternal life is that one must be born again. So, so many ways are taught today. It just depends upon who you listen to as to uh, what they're saying, and, and as I told the Sunday school class, I see some people putting some uh, some likes on the things that uh, really they shouldn't like because they're not truth. But but the thing about it is, is uh, that's, I guess that's what Facebook is for. They're looking for a like or a love or or something like that on everything that's put out there. And uh, now those who put religion out there are not. Concern just how many people they're deceiving. They don't worry about that. They're not concerned about that. As long as they get the head in the pews, as long as they get them down the aisles, as long as they get them in the baptismal waters, as long as they get them in the pews, and when they pass the offering plate around, they give, and all that, then that's all they care about. They, they don't care how many people they deceive, because there was a time when we're going to see those, those, uh, Jesus accused those uh uh Pharisees are doing the very same thing and we'll we'll talk about that later. Now I, I very seldom see anything anywhere about the new birth. Just about getting some kind of uh, of uh encouraging words out of another's mouth. Nobody talks about the new birth. No nobody does. Nobody talks about the new birth. I, I, I talk with people all I talk with people sometimes, several people a day, and nobody ever mentions a new birth. They'll say, oh, I'm saved. Oh, I'm going to heaven. I'm a Christian. But when you say, are you born again, they don't know what you're talking about. They have absolutely no idea what you mean when you say, are you born again. Nicodemus was a man. He, If anybody was a candidate for going to heaven, Nicodemus was. But Nicodemus learned this day right here. He learned this day right here that he was not saved. Because we do know that later on, he was saved. He was truly saved. And he he truly became a disciple of Christ. And he truly became one. If you you just read further on, you will find that uh, Nicodemus was one of them that came and asked for the body of Jesus. Nicodemus was saved. Later on, because he learned what it meant to be saved here. Now you'll say, well, what, what do I need to do? You, you need to, when you come to the point to where you know Jesus Christ is your savior, you need to acknowledge it. Because you can't acknowledge that unless you've been born again. There's no way you can acknowledge being, uh, being a child of the king except you've been born again. You know, we sing the song. But there's no way you can acknowledge it unless you've been born again. That's how God begins to work in the lives of those he saves. He works it in the lives of those he saves. And somewhere out there, that new birth takes place. I can't explain it all. It's, 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 it's not it's not there to be explained. All, all of the Jesus said down here in the 8th um, eighth, eighth verse, he says, The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou heareth the sound thereof, but Christ, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. It's like the wind. Like the wind blowing. I mean, you, you don't, you don't always know where the wind just came from. You don't, you don't always know where it's gone to. Uh, it's just, uh, you just know that at the time it blew on you. And that's the same way it is with the new birth. You just know that the new birth has come to your life, and you have been born again because God has opened your eyes, and God has showed you the things that you need to be shown in order to understand eternal life. And then, when you get down to the by the second part of this message, or the second part of what I read here, you get down to the fourteenth verse, and um, Jesus likened people believing up on Him. As as Moses uh, lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now we know that when we come to self righteousness and and the fact that um, what people would do, we we know that self righteous people don't understand this either. They they don't understand what that means. They don't understand what it means. When, when, uh, Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness. You can read the story. Anybody in here can read the story. It's, it's, it's over there in the scriptures. Anybody can read the story in the Old Testament where Moses, where they had the serpents that were crawling around all over the ground. They were biting the people and the people were dying. And, and Moses went and made a serpent and he, and, and he, a fiery serpent and he held it up. And his statement was all that look up on this this fiery serpent will be, uh, will, won't be, won't, won't die when they, when they're snake bitten. And, and so everyone that looked up on that, now you got to realize some say was as many as 10 million Jews was there at that day. And, and, and that affected almost 10 million people. Did all of them look at that serpent? No, cause they didn't believe what Moses was saying. They were too concerned about the snakes. They were too concerned about the uh, the things that were uh, 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 keeping them from looking. And that's what happens today. A lot of people have a lot of things that keeps them from looking to Jesus because, you know, there's just something that inside of a man that he just won't look. He'll die, he'll live a life, he'll die, and he'll go to hell. And it happens. it happens every day. You know, we 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 act like today that everybody that dies goes to heaven. Don't everybody die goes to heaven? They they uh, they don't go to heaven. You have you have to come to realize that that they they have to be saved. Jesus rebuked the self righteous Jews for doing just enough to get one proselyte to make him twofold more the children of hell than themselves. Now I, I don't want to be accused of just telling people. Just anything to get them down the church aisle so they can be baptized to enhance the church and uh, to enhance the church role. I don't want to do that. I mean, I don't do that. That's the reason we have a one verse at the end. And, and that's it. You'd be surprised. These people, uh, uh, Sam and Kara and I went to a funeral. We went to Janice Noble's funeral. And Kara and I got up and left. Because i had to be back over here at church and uh and because i was meeting griffin and ally for counseling and i had to be back over here at church and Kara had to go back to work so we left and brother sam stayed there and brother sam said the preacher of the church over there where, where it was said he went all through that hand raising having people raise their hands and having them bow their heads and don't look and bow their heads and and thanking people for raising their hand and, and all this. And, and Sam said when he got done, he had about half the people in there that was saying that they wasn't saved. And, and, uh, and then he was telling them, said, you can be saved right now. And I think there were some that got up and came down the aisle during that time, but that's not, that's not, that's not God's way of doing it. That's not God's way of doing it, but sad to say, there's some of our sovereign grace landmark missionary Baptists are getting into that same thing. They're getting into that same thing of trying to coax people down the aisle so they can get their name on the church roll and so they, so they'll have a crowd like they want. It was just, it was the poet Whittier who said, he said, our art builds on sand, the works of pride and human passion stands and fall, but that which but that which shares the new birth as a life of God with him survives it all. that's what that's what Whittier said, a poet back in way back there in in probably the the sixteenth, seventeenth century. you know he he said that. he said he said he he likens people. Coaxing people down a church aisle to art there, there is an art in it There is an art of bowing your head Raising your hand and all that There's an art in that But he says it doesn't It doesn't build souls He said the only thing that builds souls Is a new birth The only thing that does it And he means it uh, And it's true It was Nicodemus who said How can these things be when Jesus told him, "says said, you must be born again, he said, how can these things be? Can I enter the second time into my mother's womb and be reborn? Jesus said, you're a master of the Jews and don't know these things? You don't understand these things? And I tell you, folks, a lot of people out there today are masters of a lot of things, but sometimes they don't understand these things. Christ introduced Nicodemus to the new birth that uh, that can take, a, take an old man and make him completely new as a newborn child. Nicodemus, who was a teacher of the Jews, had never heard such thing as a new birth. Many today have never heard it t- also. The new birth is a revelation of a great need in order to enter into eternal life. Jesus said, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up as we read it to you. There was a great need for Moses to lift up the serpent in the wilderness for the people were dying by the serpent poison. There, there was a great need. Well, there's a great need today to lift up Jesus. There's a great need today to do it, but we got to do it correctly. We can't do it like some of these Armenians are doing. it. Got, You've got to do it the way the Bible teaches it has to be done. It is important that Christ be lifted up as the one who can give eternal life by the new birth. When, when the serpent was lifted up, the people could see the remedy and all that needed to do, all they needed to do was look and live. Well, Peter preached it to the, on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached, he said, neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name given under given among men whereby we must be saved Acts 4 and verse 12 Peter said that Peter said Peter when Peter preached on that great day of Pentecost he said there's no other name but there was a lot of other names going around in that day a lot of other names a lot of people were preaching in the names of the Old Testament a lot of people were preaching in the names of the law a lot of people were preaching in, in the names of, uh, uh, of certain men What certain men said, and certain men did. But Jesus, but Jesus said, Jesus said that there's no other way. There's a great need. Jesus revealed to Nicodemus a revelation of great love, love God has for his elect children. Now I told those of you that came early for Sunday school, I told you to, that first verse in, in Isaiah 53 is, is going to be an interpretation of this. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. You see these signs out here. God loves everybody. I saw I saw one of a sovereign grace preacher put something on Facebook the other day. Matter of fact, I think it was yesterday. I was looking at Rhonda's Facebook and he put on Rhonda's Facebook, Well, you know, God not only loved me, but he loves everybody. Now think about that for just a moment. They use this verse to try to prove God loves everybody. Well, let me tell you folks, if God loves everybody, everybody's gonna be saved. I don't care what you think about that. I don't care what you think about me, but if God loves everybody, then everybody's going to be saved. But everybody's not going to be saved because God doesn't love everybody. And I, I want to take this. What I read this morning in in, uh, uh, in the uh, scripture reading, it was way back in the Old Testament when Isaiah spoke of the same thing when he said, "Who hath believed our report? Now, who is this going to believe the gospel?" Think about this for just a moment. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever sh- believeth in him should not perish but have eternal everlasting life. Now who, who's going to believe that? Isaiah said in Isaiah 53 in the first verse, he said, who's going to believe that? And he asked a second question. He said, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Those those are the ones that's going to believe it. Those are the ones that's going to believe it. The ones that the arm of the Lord has been revealed to. They're the only ones going to believe it. And that, what does that take in? That takes in the elect of God. So when he says here, For God so loved the world that he gave, and that is, I, I put it in quotations here, uh, or in uh, parentheses here, the world of the elect. God, God God, doesn't love everybody. He only loves the world of the elect. God, Jesus did not come to die for everybody. He came to die for the world of the elect. But uh, some of these, and you've got to understand, somebody said, well, why does our King James Bible say what it says? It says it because it was written by Armenians. It was translated by Armenians. I can't help it. King James was an Armenian. And and his fifty four translators were Armenians. And so they they put in there extra things that they, they, they did they, they did more than translate, they interpreted Scripture. And and they put in there when they when when they said Jesus died for the whole world, then they they trans, they didn't translate that. They interpreted. As to what it means, also over in the book of John, in First John, he says he says in there that Christ was a was a uh, uh, was one who who who. who uh, let, let's go over and read it. I'll, I'll get it all mixed up. First John one over in here. <clears throat> Here's where he says in 1 John 1 and verse 2, or 2 and verse 1 says, My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate. So it's, it's, we know he's talking about the saved here. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is a propitiation for our sins and for, and for And not for ours only, but also, and if you notice in quotation, the sins of the whole world. So people take that to mean that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. But that's not what that's talking about. That's talking about the fact that Jesus, uh, he's talking about the the saved here. He's talking about that he's a propitiation for our sins, that is the saved, but then they added in here, not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That's that's been added in. That that that's that's interpretation. That's not translation. Now, if you ever if you ever want to get you a a a, a, a Greek Bible, and 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 have somebody who knows what they're talking about translating it, right up beside it, they will translate that. But that's not in there. They'll tell you that's not in there. Uh Dr. Randolph Yeager, who wrote the uh who wrote the um uh um the Renaissance New Testament. He he was a friend of mine. i am I knew him for a long time and, and he and I held a a a um, meeting up in Covington, Kentucky many years ago. And I was I was called up there. To speak on nothing but, uh, but the sovereign, the the, the doctrines of grace. And Brother Randolph Yeager was brought up there to speak on nothing but Greek to English. Now he was a man, he only carried a Greek Bible. He never carried an English Bible. He carried an old Greek Bible. And, and, and he would read from that Greek Bible and then he would translate literally what that is saying. And so he got into this that week he was up there. He got, he got into the same thing. And after it was all over with, he came to me. And he said, I appreciate what you said about the doctrines of grace. Cause he said, yeah, you're exactly right about the fact that, that a lot of that is not, is not in the original, uh, uh scripture. And it's no, it wasn't. And he showed that while he was up there. He wrote 26, he wrote 26 volumes on the New Testament and a, and a translation from the Greek, literally translated from the Greek to the English. Now I have that. I have those 26 copies. He gave them to me. He, he, they were getting ready to come off the press that very week. They were his first volume. Of of that, of that was going to come off the press. And he gave me a, a a card and told me to call Pelican Public, uh, Pelican Publishing Company in New Orleans, Louisiana. And he said, you give them this number. He said, you call them and you give them this number. And he said, every time a book comes off of, uh, off of the press, he said, they'll send you the first one that comes off. And I did. I called them. Sure enough. I got 26 volumes of that Renaissance New Testament. And you're not gonna believe what I saw somebody trying to sell a volume of it, what they were asking for it. Over $10,000. Because let me tell you folks, it's, 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 it was a lifetime work of Dr. Randolph Yeager, who was a, he was a Greek scholar. And matter of fact, he taught, uh, at the Western Kentucky University. He was a professor. At Western Kentucky University, and, and he even taught him Western Kentucky University, he used the scriptures as some of his textbook at the Western Kentucky University. Uh, a, a great man, uh, Randolph Yeager, he passed away probably about 15, 20 years ago. But this was over 50 years ago, right at 50 years ago. When we, when we spoke together there at, uh, and I was wondering when they introduced him. I didn't know him. When they introduced him as Dr. Randolph Yeager, who professor at at the uh, Western Kentucky University, then I said to myself, "Well, what am I doing here?" Man, I hadn't been saved very long, been preaching, hadn't been preaching very long. I said, "What am I doing here?" But I learned, I learned what I was doing here. I, I learned that that he proved. That not only did he prove what I was teaching was correct, but I pro- but I proved what he was teaching was correct. And as a result of it, I've got 26 volumes of the Renaissance New Testament in my library, was given to me, which which they're asking ten thousand dollars for them right now, on on the market. So let me tell you folks, you you you've got to you've got to look at. Translation and not interpretation. Because the interpretation is what a lot of people do here. They interpret this to mean that Jesus died for the whole world. That Jesus that Jesus died for the whole but he didn't die for the whole world. We know, we know there's enough in the in the Bible about the doctrines of grace. We know that Jesus did not die for the whole world. We know he only died for his elect children. And so you gotta be careful about those things because you've got people out there right now, Baptists out there right now believe that Jesus loves the whole world. Believes He loves the whole world and, and believes that uh, He's gonna die for the whole world. And, and that's just not, uh, that's just not the case. So Isaiah said, who hath believed our report? It's only the elect. He says, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? It's only the elect. They're they're the only ones it's revealed to. We all know the answer to those two questions. I just gave them to you. It is the elect of God. Jesus and Isaiah are on the same page when it comes to what Jesus said about John uh uh John three four three sixteen uh, sixteen and what Isaiah taught in Isaiah fifty three. And when Isaiah said, we all like sheep have gone astray, I read that to you this morning. The we there tells us that he's talking about the saved of God, the elect. Anytime you see that used, they're putting them, it's like today, if I say we, I'm putting all of you in that understanding. You know, we, we are all the children of God. Well, I'm putting you in that same understanding when I say we. You know, uh, it's different if you, a man stands up here and says, I'm a child of God and, and doesn't say anything about the rest of the people. But Paul would put we in there. Isaiah put we. They all, they all would put we in there. Jesus said to his disciples, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he. Then I, he said, You shall know that I am he. How is that true? The Father draws all elect to Himself. Later, later in the chapter, He tells those lost Pharisees that they will not come to Him. Why? Cause you're of your Father the devil. And, and, and the lust of your Father ye you will do. He said, that's why you won't come. That's why you won't believe me. Cause you're of your Father the devil. That's why people won't believe the truth today. That's why they won't believe the truth today. It's because, it's because of their father, their father is a devil in that <clears throat> he died for the elect only. Th- there was a great revelation of responsibility in the lifting up of the son and the drawing power of the father. Turn with me. Look at John 3.19. Show you what Jesus went on to say, which he verifies what I just told you. John three nineteen he says he says and this is the con- condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for every one that doeth evil hateth the light neither cometh to the light lest their deeds should be re- reproved but he that he that doeth truth cometh to the light, and his deeds that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrath in God. God is the one that took care of them. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said that if he meant that, Jesus, that God died for the whole world, no, he wouldn't have said that. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have said that. He wouldn't have said anything about men who live in darkness. Because there were men who lived in darkness, who live in darkness, they walk in darkness, they die in darkness, and they go to hell, and, and, and live in darkness. You know, that's, that's one of the great torments of hell. It's gonna to be totally dark. Another torment of hell is, <clears throat> it's gonna be that constant falling, constant falling, constant falling. And you're never gonna hit the bottom. That's why it's called the bottomless pit. You're never gonna hit the bottom. You just go down and round, down, round, down, down, down. You never do hit the bottom. Can you imagine <clears throat> having your conscience and your mind to be like that for the rest of all eternity? You you you're always looking to hit the bottom. You never do. You never hit the bottom, and uh, and, and that's that's why it's called a bottomless pit. It says there's also gonna be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's gonna be, there's gonna be that, uh, uh, that constant crying out unto God. And Jesus wouldn't, Jesus wouldn't have taught these things if every man was, was loved and was going to be saved. He, he, he wouldn't have taught these things. He wouldn't have taught those very things I'm talking about now. Zechariah, Zechariah said in, in that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and, and from uncleanness. He said there's going to be a fountain opened in that day. What is that fountain? That's the water that is drawn through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus told that Samaritan woman. He said, if you knew who was talking to you, you would want a drink of my water. You wouldn't want to drink out of Jacob's well. You'd want a drink of my water. And, and he said, and she said, give me that to drink. And he did. And that woman was saved. That Samaritan woman was saved. And so we know that uh, when Zechariah is talking about the fact that there should be a fountain open to the house of David. Who's the house of David? That's the saved. Who is the inhabitants of Jerusalem? That's the saved. That's the saved. Now I'm not saying everybody lives in Jerusalem is saved, but all that's saying is that's the spiritual Jerusalem. Spiritual Jerusalem. And Zechariah thirteen one is where that is said at. Who are the house of David and in the inhabitants of Jerusalem? They are the elect of God. God may be sending out this his call today some lost soul you know you may be here today and god may be sending this call out to you today who knows i don't know but if god is sending this call out today then you'll believe and then you'll come and let us know about it i've seen it too many times folks i've seen this too many times over the years i've seen it i've seen it put into action i've seen it happen and i've seen it happen just here lately you know people will come they'll want to know more about it they'll come And and they'll trust the Lord as their Savior. All right, let's all stand, and and we're gonna sing a verse, and then we're gonna let we're gonna let you go for this morning.